Welcome to the Game Changing Health Podcast. I am your host, Gianna Beasley. I am a registered dietitian and certified personal trainer. And I am so excited to have you here because we are going to talk all about how to change the game of your health in ways that are realistic and sustainable. We're going to talk about hot topics. We're going to talk about how to get to the root cause of your health issue and talk about how through nutrition and movement, we can create a life that you love and can live fully. Thanks for joining and let's dive in. When I first start working with new clients or when I'm connecting with people on Instagram, which is where you can find me hanging out most of the time, a big question that everybody has when they're trying to figure out what is going on with their health and with their bodies is where to start. And typically the first place for a lot of people is going to be with labs, but there's a lot of labs out there to request. So how do you know what to do? Well, the good news is I got you. I made a freebie for y'all. It's called Labs to Request Annually that breaks down common labs to request every single year preventatively, and then also some additional categories on additional lab markers that you can request if something doesn't feel quite right with your body, and also what to do if you're not having luck getting those labs done in traditional channels. So be sure to grab that freebie by joining my email list below. The information is below in the show notes, so don't miss out and go grab that. If you have questions on it, slide into my DMs on Instagram. Welcome back to the Game Changing Health Podcast. I'm Gianna, your host, and this week we are going to be talking about my, like, I made a list. (laughs) I like tried to just say that in like a catchy way, but honestly, I just made a list of five things. So this is, this is the title. Everyone, you ready? Five things that people don't talk about when you are losing a good chunk of weight or a significant amount of weight. Um, so as some of you may know, or if you're new to the podcast, hello and welcome. I'm Gianna, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I mean, registered dietitian (laughs) and Uh, on my podcast here, we talk about all things health and wellness, but I also share my personal health journey with you guys in different avenues with boundaries, of course, because we love boundaries. But I shared earlier this year about how I started taking Manjaro in October of 2022. This is being recorded December, 2023. So I've been on it for just over a year now. And earlier this year, I shared my um, initial journey on Manjaro. I have three total episodes on this. So if you missed those, go ahead and go back. But I think the best response to those episodes is people sliding into my DMs saying like, this really helped me talk to my doctor about this. I have started Manjaro now and I'm seeing such incredible improvement in my health. Um, and so anyway, I share my journey um, with you guys with boundaries, of course, to hopefully help other people. And I've been very clear that when I went on Manjaro, um, my genuine initial intent was not to lose weight. It was to help with my insulin resistance um, resulting from my PCOS. I've always had insulin resistant PCOS, Um, but it was to help with the insulin resistance and and some of those negative side effects I was feeling from my insulin levels being so high, like the brain fog, the fatigue, the joint pain, the joint pain and the bone pain was the absolute worst, probably my least favorite side effect out of everything. So um, as a result of being Manjaro on Manjaro also, I'd gained about 20 pounds of straight inflammation. Like nothing in my life changed and the scale went up very quickly. Um, and we couldn't get it to come down because of the inflammation. So with that, um, I have lost a pretty decent chunk of weight here because I have been on Manjaro. And something to really, really emphasize, and I was actually a guest on my friend Kara's podcast, um, the Not Your Quick Fix podcast. You can actually go listen to me talk about it there too. But um, something that I really want to like give a quick disclaimer on and drive home is like 
if you were using these medications, so Zimpic, Wigovi, Manjaro, as quick fix, weight, quick fix weight loss, this is just not it. That is not it. You are going to gain weight back in the future if you're not using it correctly and safely. So something I really want to emphasize is during the entire time I've been on Manjaro, I have made sure to be eating enough and really focusing overall on getting enough calories in and protein in to make sure that I'm not losing muscle in this process. But anyway, point being, as a result of being on Manjaro, um, I started about 200 and 43 pounds. And if we look at my little scale app here really fast, because you know me, I love to give um, accurate information, but I started Manjaro at 243 pounds and my last weigh-in was at 206 pounds. Um, So that being said, I have lost about 37 pounds in the last um, 14 months. And so when you average that out, that doesn't seem super crazy, right? And we also like, again, go listen to the previous episodes. There's a whole disclaimer. I did lose three pounds of muscle because of my surgery and everything. But um, when you divide 37 by 14, it's about 2.6 pounds per month. So a very sustainable amount of weight loss over a long period of time with all of my variables being in check. But anyway... I said to a friend a couple weeks ago, I'm going to record a podcast of like things that I wish people would talk more about when you are losing a significant amount of weight. Now, five to 10 pounds, I'll be honest, this probably doesn't apply to you. 10 plus pounds, several sizes of clothing, this probably is a little bit more applicable. Or if you happen to be a coach, shout out to my coach friends. I know some of you guys do listen to the podcast. Um, if you happen to be a coach, these are things to just be aware of if you've never gone through a massive like weight change yourself. But there were five really big things that I wanted to touch on that like have really been running through my brain the last couple of weeks, specifically around like what I wish people would talk more about when losing weight. So the first one is that your body image or body dysmorphia, if you've struggled with body dysmorphia before, can actually get worse or flare up, as I like to call it. And this, I feel like, is something that is not talked about enough because people automatically assume, I feel like, oh, you lose weight, so you'll start feeling better about yourself. However, for me specifically, I did a lot of work when I was at my highest weights that I've ever been in that like 220 to like 243 range, right? That I know of that, like that's the highest number that I know of. I wouldn't be shocked if it was a little higher than that at some point, but either way, I did a lot of work to love myself and love my body and embrace my body and everything that it did for me and was doing for me at whatever weight I was at. And like, I've talked about it in previous episodes, but I didn't even own a scale for years I had no idea what the actual number on the scale was because I didn't care. It didn't dictate how I felt about myself. I loved myself. I loved my body. And I got very comfortable in my own skin, in the clothes that I was wearing, in the clothes that I was shopping for, in my shopping experiences. And that's not to say I never had any bad days, but I did get very, very comfortable with myself. And I was very proud of myself, proud of my body. Mentally and physically, I was there. But previously, I had a long history of struggling with my body image and how I saw myself. And I can remember even when I was like at my lowest weights in high school, after I just lost weight in high school, I can remember um, feeling like I hadn't lost enough or I didn't look right. And like, I had never found peace with my body like I had the last couple of years. And so something that I was wholly unprepared for (laughs) when I lost this weight without, you know, going into it being like, I'm going to lose a, like, I'm going to lose weight. I want to be a smaller size. Like something I was very unprepared for was the fact that like my body image got so much worse. And even now to this day, I definitely feel like 
I do have a little bit of body dysmorphia around. I feel like I look a certain way, but then like I look at photos and things and I'm like, that is not at all. Like a lot of times I'll be like, I still feel like I am 243 pounds. And so I go to put on an outfit that I wore last year. For example, when I was in Paris, I had this super cute outfit. I only got to wear it once because I'm, if you've listened to previous episodes, you know, I came home from Paris and I ripped my ankle in half and had to have surgery. So like literally it was a winter outfit, like a fall winter outfit. So by this fall, that outfit no longer fit. But in my brain, I was like, I'm still the same size and shape as I was at 243 pounds. But when I went to try on this outfit, I probably had lost about 30 pounds at that point. And so I went to try it on and that skirt, I could, no matter how tight I tied it, I could not get that skirt to fit me. And I could not get the bodysuit to fit me. It was just too big. But in my brain, I was so sold that I was the same size. I was going to fit into that outfit. And so then to start not fitting in your clothes really can start doing a number on you. And I do actually remember I had an instance, um, right around New Year's when I was in high school where like I had lost a bunch of weight and I literally remember like crying in the basement. I My room was in the basement at my parents' house. I remember crying in the basement being like, I have nothing to wear to this party. I didn't even want to go to the party. And my mom ended up loaning me her clothes, but I was struggling with my body image so, so, so hard. And I was struggling with clothes not fitting and then having to get new clothes. And so, um, it's just something that I don't think people talk about a lot because I feel like the assumption is you lose weight, you feel better. It's all peaches and rainbows, right? Um, but realistically, that has not been the case for me. I have struggled more with my body image and body dysmorphia in the last probably six months than I have in years, like since I was in high school. So like over a decade. No, sorry, not quite a decade. I'm not dating myself further, okay? I'm trying to anti-age here. So in about eight years, I've struggled with my body body image more in the last six months that I have since then. And that's something that I really had to revisit and like talk myself through and work through a lot of these new feelings. And so if you are someone that's going on a weight loss journey and you do lose a significant amount of weight, something that I just want you to be aware of is that you can struggle with your body image. That's okay, we're human, but it's important to work through those feelings not with a dietitian, with a licensed healthcare professional. Okay. Scope of practice is important. People being ethical is cool. Lately, I feel like I've had to say that all the time. I'm so tired of people being unethical. It is wild out here in the world of social media, the shit that I see. Oh, so, um, I don't know if I can cuss on this. I hope I don't get flagged. Either way, moving forward, um, the stuff that I've been seeing recently on social media, I'm like, you have absolutely no qualification, credentials, or scope of practice to do what you are doing. And people are paying them. So just like your regular like monthly reminder here from this podcast to make sure you are vetting who you are working with and make sure they are working in their scope of practice. So anyway, that was my first tip. Second tip, your body after weight loss may not actually look like you thought it would or how you wanted it to. And I think this is a really hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. I can't say that personally, this is something that like I have struggled with, but I have seen a lot of my clients struggle with this. So like, let's say you have an inspo picture. You're like, I want to look like this. I want to be like this, whether it be, I want to lose weight to be smaller like this person in my inspo pic, or I want to gain muscle to look like this person in this inspo pic. I'll be honest. Most of the time people do not have what it takes to get to that physique, um, like habit wise, discipline wise. But even outside of that, I think having inspo pictures like that or or really putting in your head like that you want to look a certain way can be really detrimental to your weight loss journey because you're not going to look like that. 
You are not them. Your genetics are different. Your environment is different. Your dieting history is different. The rate of which you put muscle on your body is different. The life that you live is different. That person that you're looking at in that photo may have no kids, have never had kids, um, never is going to have kids. They literally train all freaking day like a professional athlete because honestly, that's what I see a lot in a lot of people's inspo pics. I'm like, that is a professional athlete that literally spends like their job is to train, eat, and recover. They get paid to do that by brands and gyms and things like that. And so it's like, they are not you. So you are not going to look like them. You could have a similar body type in your own body where you could have a lot of muscle, which is fantastic, but you're not going to look like them. So my tip here is do not get set on a certain kind of like look or body type in your head because it may not be realistic for you. And something that I do have to tell my clients sometimes when they come to me and they're like, I want to be, I'm just giving fake numbers here, you guys. But let's say they're um, 185 pounds, five foot seven. And they're like, I want to be 130 pounds. They already have a good chunk of muscle on them. The only way that person is going to get down to 130 pounds is if we take muscle off their body and doing that. And that's not something that I'm ever really going to recommend as a healthcare professional, because we know that the more lean muscle we have on our body as we get older, the better our health outcomes. We don't want to take muscle away. We want to maintain it. Now, if you don't want it to be as like big as you were before, okay, but like we're not going to hit a specific number on the scale, at least for me and how I practice. I'm not going to like take people's food away just so that they can lose weight if that weight is only going to be muscle, right? Um, Just to get them to a specific number that they thought that they would look good at. That's not safe or healthy or ethical. So just keeping that in mind too. But the biggest thing overall is just be prepared. Be prepared that your body may not look like you thought it would or you want it to at the end of your weight loss. You also can't control, this is not in my list, but just a bonus fun fact here, you cannot control where you lose fat from. You can't spot reduce fat. I am so tired of seeing predatory posts on Instagram saying spot reduce back fat or spot reduce thigh fat or spot reduce like lower back fat or arm fat. Like, no, you cannot fat reduce fat reduce, spot reduce fat. Okay, there we go. I'm getting worked up about this now. You cannot spot reduce fat. And anybody that tells you otherwise is lying and probably trying to make money off of you in some way, shape, or form. Again, watch out for social media, y'all. But really, at the end of the day, that's like, that's my number two, right? Which kind of leads me into like number three, which like, this is something that for me personally, I don't really want to see the scale move more for myself because I know that this is going to happen to me. And I have some amazing, um, you know, clients that I've been able to work with before or currently that have had surgery to fix this problem. But I don't think people talk about it enough is if you have extreme weight loss, you will have loose skin. And now over time, over a couple of years, that skin may tighten back up. But realistically, if your skin has stretched and been stretched for a very long time in a certain way, so like, let's say you just sat at a higher weight for several, several years, but then you lose a lot of weight. And also the quicker you lose that weight, the more likely you are to have more loose skin, just as a fun fact, um, something to be aware of again, why we don't crash diet to lose significant amounts of weight. Um, but for example, for me, since I'm transparent and I talk about my numbers on here, um, for me, if I were to continue losing more weight, I would absolutely have loose skin on my abdomen and loose skin on my arms. And that is just not something that I am vibing with. I don't want that. 
I would rather stay in a larger body and not have that because realistically, the only way to actually get rid of excess skin is to surgically remove it. And like I said, I have some amazing former clients and I have some friends that have had the procedures done to remove that excess skin. However, insurance typically doesn't cover it unless you've lost the weight via bariatric surgery. Again, that's not all insurances. Don't come for me. We're not fighting about insurance here. Um, I already fight like the insurance system in general regularly. So I'm not doing it here on the podcast. Uh, But realistically, if you do lose a significant amount of weight, you will have loose skin. And that is something that you need to be aware of going into it because that also can then trigger worse body image. It can also kind of go into what I just said about like your body may not look like you wanted it to look. And so it's just something to be aware of because like I said, if your skin has been stretched or you've lived in a bigger body for a longer period of time, and then you lose a significant amount of weight, you are going to have loose skin. And again, if you do it really fast, you are going to have much more loose skin than if you did it at a slower, consistent rate. Um, and you can surgically remove it, but typically it does cost several thousand dollars, like thousands and thousands of dollars out of pocket. Um, and that is an expense that you have to decide if you want to incur or if you want to just keep with the loose skin. And so there's that, right? Um, but that's my number three. Number four. Number four and five really, I feel like on this list hit closest to home for me just because it's something that I talk about a lot. And for those of you that don't know, this is like a fun little announcement. For those of you that don't know, um, I filed a um, a federal trademark for the saying that I use like in my business and with my clients. It's a beautiful day to be kind to yourself. I filed a, um, a trademark application, like a federal trademark application for that with my amazing um, attorney, Taylor. Taylor Williams Law, if you're in Colorado or if you're anywhere in the United States and you need a trademark attorney, she is 10 out of 10, the best. Uh, But I filed that back in 2022. And actually, just as of like three weeks ago, my federal trademark registered. And so I own the phrase in connection to my services as a dietitian. It's a beautiful day to be kind to yourself. So that is something that I lead my coaching with and like my work as a dietitian with is like that slogan and that saying. And so Number four and five on this list are definitely um, along those lines as well. So the fourth thing that I like wish people talked about more is losing weight doesn't make you more beautiful or more worthy. And I think a lot of people in society have made us believe as individuals, and I see this especially in women, um, we are, we've been conditioned to think that like, we are only beautiful or we are only worthy if we are a certain size or a certain number on the scale. And so a lot of people I see like say, I want to lose weight because I want to feel beautiful. Or I want to feel weight be- or I want to lose weight because that like that's what will make me beautiful. Or uh, man, like it's just like a dagger to my chest every time when I hear someone say like, if I lose weight, I will be worthy of doing, you know, X, Y, or Z of finally you know, going on that trip that I want to go on or wearing that outfit that I want to wear, whatever the case is. And losing weight will not make you more beautiful or will not, and it will not make you more worthy. Let that sink in for a second. Losing weight will not make you more worthy or more beautiful of anything. Your beauty and your worth comes from within. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a girly. Like I just got my hair done and I texted a photo to all my friends and they're all like hyping me up. So like external validation is great, right? Not saying it's not, but your worth, your knowledge, your value, your beauty does not hinge on what your body looks like or what the number on the scale says. 
And if you're listening to this thinking like, yes, it does, we can agree to disagree. But something I would encourage you to do is work through that mindset with a therapist. You guys will hear me refer out to therapy all the time because a lot of times those thoughts are rooted back to childhood, 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 playground bullies, family making offhanded comments, you know, just things like that. But we can agree to disagree, but it is a hill that I will die on. And I hope that if you're listening to this and you do feel like your beauty or your worth is hinged on what your weight is or what your body looks like, I hope that one day you get to see kind of the flip side of that and that light where you realize it's really not actually. I'm worthy and I'm beautiful no matter what. That's number four. Number five. This one hits, I'm literally pausing here because I'm getting like tears in my eyes. This one hits so close to home because realistically, for a very long time, I thought this way. And now, if there's one thing I try to do with every single person I work with, it is to really, really drive home that... Here's number five. I'll just tell you. Losing weight won't make you love yourself. Losing weight won't make you love yourself. Like I said, I'm getting like teary eyed (laughs) Um, because realistically for a really long time, I did. I had a lot of hatred towards my body and I had a lot of hatred towards my, the number on the scale and the way my body looked and the fact that it was bigger than other people. And now a lot of that stemmed in like my teenage years and early college years. But in my head, I was always trying to lose weight out of a place of hate for my body. No gratitude, no appreciation, just straight like dislike and most of the time, hatred for my body. And so in my brain, I was always like, if I lose weight, I will be so much happier with myself. I will love myself. And it's going to like, that is my solution. It is not. Because I can tell you that I literally disliked my body at my lowest weight that I ever was. I was actually more miserable at my lowest weight with my body than I ever was. And so this is what I tell my clients all the time. If you cannot learn to love your body and appreciate it with where it is at, And that's not to say that you can't want to change it. But if you cannot learn to love your body and appreciate it for exactly where it's at, what it looks like, what the number on the scale is, all of that stuff, if you can't learn to love it, then you're still going to be miserable and try to find, and you will find something else to change at a lower weight. It does not matter if the scale says 200, 180, or 160. If you do not love yourself at that highest number and fix your relationship with your body, and how you see it, and how you love yourself, you will be just as miserable in finding things to pick apart and change at 160 as you were at 200 if you don't do the work. Again, therapy. If I ever put this video somewhere, I'm going to figure out how to pop up therapy (laughs) in the word somewhere, but I will also die on that hill. So again, four and five do kind of go together, but being a smaller size, whether it be in, you know, physicality where like you just fit in smaller spaces than you did before or your clothes size is smaller or that number on the scale is lower like that does not make you actually love yourself at all you might dupe yourself for a little bit and thinking that it is but the reality is is it doesn't it does not and nothing nothing will change that except for you putting in the work to love yourself exactly where your body is at And just to elaborate on something I said a little bit earlier is I said like, it's okay to want to change your body as long as it's coming from a place of love and not hate. You will get so much further 
in a weight loss journey if you're doing it with an open mind, a positive attitude, a positive mindset, and love for your body than you will with just absolute dislike and just frustration with your body. So much further. And you will actually then be in a space to receive information and be in a space to receive feedback and alter those habits long term to actually help you with the rest of your life, not have to go through a cycle of like extreme weight gain and extreme weight loss and gain and loss and gain and loss. You don't have to live in that cycle. Most of my clients have successfully like embraced being in this like loving, um, you know, mindset and attitude with their body. And they've been able to actually learn these habits to where they do not ever need to crash diet again. They do not need to severely restrict their food intake. They do not hate themselves or hate their bodies anymore. They absolutely love it. Um, even if they want to change it, it's being changed out of a place of love. It's okay to have physique goals. It's okay to want to be in a different spot, but it's not okay to do it out of hatred. I remember I used to make myself just absolutely run, which I hated doing. I hated running. Do not put me down. Like, you know, in Pitch Perfect when Amy's like, don't put me down for cardio. That is quite literally me in real life. Do not put me down for cardio. That sounds like the absolute worst time that I could ever have. (laughs) So do not put me down for cardio. But it's, it's one of those things where I remember absolutely forcing myself to do things that I hated because I just hated my body. And I will never do that again. This body keeps me alive. It keeps me moving. It keeps me going. I probably don't treat it how it should be treated all the time. And we're trying to change that for 2024. Um, Come back to my 2023 recap episode. It's going to, it airs on January 1st. Um, But come back for that episode. We'll talk about it then. But realistically, I cannot emphasize enough how important it is to embrace your body and to love it. So to wrap up, since a bunch of our episodes recently have been with amazing guests, I wanted to keep today's a little bit shorter. Um, Plus it's the holiday season, so we're all on the go a little bit more. But those are all the things that I wish people would talk about more when you are losing weight. If you are on a weight loss journey and you have questions, or if you um, want to talk about any struggles that you're having, my DMs are always open. Um, I do think they automatically go to requests if you're not following me already. So just keep that in mind. Um, I'll see it faster if it's not in my request folder. Another thing that I wanted to announce because this episode is airing in December um, is I am doing a giveaway. Um, on Instagram, you can send me like the screenshot proof of this, but I'm giving away a 30 ounce branded Stanley Tumblr. Um, all you have to do to enter is be a listener of the podcast, leave a review on Apple podcasts. If you listen somewhere else, I think on Spotify, you can leave a review as well, but basically leave your review once it's posted and live screenshot that send it over to me and you will be entered to win. You get five extra bonus entries per, per episode that you share on your stories and tag me, make sure you tag me. Otherwise I won't see it, but I will be choosing a winner at the beginning of January. So it runs through all of December. So since you're already here listening to this episode, you might as well leave a review for the podcast. Enter to win the Stanley. I will mail it to you. It's super cute. I'm posting about it like once a week on Instagram. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, keep your eyes peeled. Um, But thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this podcast episode. Like I said, my DMs are always open. And until the next episode, stay happy and healthy. Thank you so much for listening. I cannot tell y'all how much I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart for being here and tuning in to the podcast. If you have a second, you can scroll and leave a rating and review for the podcast. It helps me 
help more people like you. And I would really, really appreciate it. If you have any questions on this episode or any other episode you've listened to, just as a reminder, come find me on Instagram. I'm at dietitian.gianna. It is linked down below in the show notes as well, but please come connect with me on Instagram. If you have questions, if you need help, let me know and I'm happy to help.